taking us there today, huh? How about it? These, y'all did a great job. Thank you. Um, we are just about to get uh, started on the next installment of our My Church Summer. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. Summer at the Movies series or, or message. And, uh, but before I do that, just want to mention a couple of things to you. Um, just, just some stuff we want to make sure everybody's aware of. Um, to this week, we lost a, uh, a good friend, a member of my church nation, a gentleman named Joey Biddle. Now, I, I don't know if you guys, maybe everybody hadn't met Joey. Joey was a wonderful friend, a faithful servant of our church. Um, he was, uh, the, the best part about him is that he was married to Cynthia, Cynthia Biddle, who is our cafe leader. So every cup of coffee you've ever enjoyed uh, or a bottle of water that you've ever got from our cafe, Miss Cynthia was in charge of all that. And Joey would help her a lot in, with, in the cafe, but he also did a lot of things behind the scenes that nobody knows about. If you've ever, like if in the last six to nine months, you came to my church for the first time and you saw a little blue sign with an arrow that said, this is where you should go park, or this is where you should turn. That's because of Joey. He'd come every single Sunday morning and put those signs up so that everybody would be able to find their way to the building. But uh, Joey was a phenomenal example of a, of a man that was willing to serve and bless people, and a man that was willing to let God change him after a, after a lot of hard years of his life. But uh, we just... So many of our people are affected by losing Joey. We just wanted to just make the statement out here and, and thank the Lord publicly for Joey's life and how he's been a blessing to all of us, to, to so many of us. And if you want to participate, you can uh, check out, in, in, if you want to participate in celebrating Joey's life, then you can um, check out the My Church Facebook page. And we have the details about the viewing this evening from 5 to 7 and the service tomorrow morning at 11. And that's at the... Vance uh, Funeral Home in Phoenix City. So we just wanted to make that statement. And uh, as Joey would always say to me, Joey was a, a great guy, great friend, short, little, pudgy, white guy. And he would, but he would always say to me, peace out, brother. And I'm like, it's, it's funny when old white guys try to be hip. And, and so, um, so peace out to Joey, right? And thank the Lord for Joey. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to mention to you is that I received a text uh, recently from Jeff and Christy Murphy. Uh, Jeff is the lead pastor of our church, and you may be aware that Jeff, uh, for, for in the recent weeks, he and his family have been on an extended uh, time off. And we are really uh, grateful that we could as a church, be able to bless them that way. And during this time off, they've had a great time. I mean, they have, uh, they've been to a couple of conferences uh, for, for ministry leaders. They've had some, uh, some ex- a, a family vacation in Colorado uh, where they all escaped injury, which when you vacation with Jeff Murphy, you never know. And uh, Jeff also got to do a week or so of a, of a life coaching wilderness adventure, which he, he's just so jazzed about. You can't wait to tell us stories. But in just a couple of weeks, the Murphys will be back uh, back in here with us. And, 
and helping uh, lead the church and, and guide us into the end of the summer and the fall. But he just wanted to, me to share with you a little shout out. He said, we're doing really, really well and feel extremely refreshed. Uh, Christy and I uh, got to really enjoy that uh, vacation in Colorado with the kids. We've been to three different churches uh, in, around the country uh, learning and, and, and getting ideas to use when we get back. And then in true Jeff Murphy form, he said, Get fired up, my church. So I pass that along to you. Jeff cannot wait to get back and tell you, uh, tell us about all the great things that, we, uh, that, that he's learned. Um, in fact, I think we should probably just prepare for it. As much of the cool stuff as he's experienced, there'll be no living with him when he gets back. I mean, it's just going to be constant. Did I tell you about? Yes, you told us. About the elk, you know, that you wrestled or whatever it was that he did. I'm just kidding. We're looking forward to him getting back, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be real exciting when he does return. Now, as promised, it is time for our feature presentation. So we'll ask you to silence your cell phones. And uh, my church, Summer at the Movies, continues right now. Wow. That's, dude, is this not, is Gladiator not one of the just the top 10 guy movies of all time. Maybe top three. Are you kidding me? I'll tell you what, I love Gladiator. It makes me feel super old that it's been 15 years since that came out. Oh my gosh, that cannot be. Um, i tell you what, I uh, want to ask you guys a question. You ever, have you ever, had, you ever had a very memorable but maybe kind of weird dream? I'm not talking about the dream, which is a life goal, and ambition that you hope to achieve. I'm talking about I fell asleep and weird things happened in my mind. I mean, just strange stuff. Like, you know, you're riding an ostrich down J.R. Allen. You pull off Schaumburg Road, and there's Roy. You know, and you're like, then you beat him in a, a one-on-one game of basketball. LeBron was there. You know, so it's just the, all these weird things that can happen in our dreams, and uh, I want to tell you today about a really weird dream that I had, but turns out it's the coolest dream I've ever had, and it actually happened while I was sleeping, and it forms the basis of my choice for the movie Gladiator as our theme today. Now, I'm going to set this up. Back in, uh, in the spring and early summer of 2010, uh, I was going through what probably was... Well, certainly, it definitely was, at the time, my, my darkest, most difficult time. I was, I was about a month away from uh, signing papers and, and getting divorced. I had been separated for a year, and I had spent most of that year really hoping that there might be some chance for a miracle, and that it wouldn't have to go that way, but it, it, it actually eventually did. And it was, uh, it was on... It was on Father's Day Eve. It was Saturday night before Father's Day, 2010. And this is what, I'm, I know it sounds dramatic, but this is what was the darkest night of my soul, hands down. I just, it's almost like on that day, probably thinking about Father's Day uh, with my three kids uh, that was going to take place the next day, and it made me think about uh, how upside down my life was and 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 how many relationships over that previous year had been broken and how I wished so bad that they could be put back together and and I'm not just talking about my marriage but just a lot 
of people that were uh, involved in my life and, and, and relationships were severed and there was so much confusion and so much brokenness. And I, admittedly, it was all because of sin and foolishness and, and, and bad decisions on my part that, that had brought all this about. But be that as it may, it still, even though I knew that I had brought this all on myself, it still was just impossible it, it felt like I was reaching a point where it was impossible to keep it together. Man, I was freaking out in my mind because I really never thought that this would happen to me. And here I was the night before Father's Day, and I was as depressed as I've ever been. I mean, I was in despair. And I know this is such a, this is a downer. I, this gets better. <laughs> Just hang in there with me. But this was the worst night Ever. It all kind of came down on me. Have you ever been, have you ever been de- so depressed and so despair that you felt, you felt it physically? It wasn't just in your mind and in your heart, but it was like physical. And I remember that night, I, I felt like my face, and I don't want to be silly, but my face was way down. It was like there was, I couldn't move. I was so depressed. And I was wrapped up and bound up in these fears and these, and these what ifs and these why nots and why did I and why couldn't I. And all of this, these questions had weighed down on me so much that I was, as the Bible likes to say, I was totally downcast. I was, literally my face was, was weighed down. So I'm laying in the bed about to go to sleep. And I have the sleep timer on my, uh, my, my stereo, Right? And I've got it on the Christian radio station. I'm hoping that I can just, just by listening to some music about God, that I would feel a little bit better. And what happens is, right as I'm starting to doze off, I'm starting to feel, okay, maybe I'm going to be able to get to sleep. And then this song comes on the radio, written by Chris Tomlin. We sang it just a few minutes ago. The song called Our God. And by, I tell you, I hated the song. I, I feel terrible. I don't, this makes me a horrible person that I hated that song. But the radio station was playing it to death. And here's the real reason I hated that song. I was so down during that time in my life. I didn't like songs that talked about how awesome and cool and powerful God was. The only songs I liked were the I'm a loser but Jesus still loves me songs. And so I needed some of those. I should have had a mix. I should have made a, a mix. But at any rate, so I'm laying on the bed. I'm so tired. And that song comes on, and I go, Tomlin, again, our God, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, but I was too tired to get up and turn it off, so I'm like, fine, I'll just listen to it. Maybe I'll, I'll fall asleep before it's over. And it gets to the part in the song that is based on a, a verse in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 31. And in Romans, chapter 8, verse 31, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And, and that part of the song says, and if our God is for us, and who can, you know, we sang it, it was awesome, it's like, eh, but that, that, it was not, woo-woo, that night, because I was like, Bleh. so, you feel me, right? So, as they're playing, as they're singing this song, and I'm really dozing, almost about to doze off, and they're saying, if God is for us, if he's with us, blah, 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 and I said, one of the last, my last conscious thought before I fell asleep, I literally said out loud, yeah, right. And then I fell asleep. 
I don't know if you've ever dropped a yeah right on Romans chapter 8, but that's kind of a big deal. I was certain that God was going to strike me. That could just kill me in my sleep. For, you know, plus, I, I, I blasphemed Chris Tomlin, which is no good. You, know, you should never do that. So I didn't know if I'd crossed some kind of a spiritual line. So anyway, I say, yeah, right, and I fall asleep. And the reason I did that, I said that, is because I was so convinced that there were so many things that needed to happen to fix my situation. And there were so many steps that would need to take place that take place so many stuff would so many things would have to come together and so many people would have to change their minds about things and about me and I, I, I just said there's so much it's like I had because of my actions I had set so many forces in motion against me that I really believed that it didn't matter if God was for me if God was for me, so what? This stuff is so big and so bad and so help, hopeless. Who cares? And I fell asleep. And I have this dream. And the dream is based on the movie Gladiator. And it's not one particular scene in the movie Gladiator, but it's the Gladiator dream. And I, in the dream, am the Russell Crowe character. Of course, I'll give you a moment to soak that in, you know, there's a visual, Uh, me as Russell Crowe, that's going to work, but hey, look, it's my dream, so get off me, you know, I was in a bad time, I needed something encouraging, so I'm the Maximus character in Gladiator, and I'm, I'm in the arena, and there I am in the arena, and there are these scenes in Gladiator where the guys are, are in the arena and they start looking around and, and it's like the camera spins around and all the people are shouting. And, the, and, and that's what the gladiators are dealing with. That's their, where their battle is going to take place. Well, it's like I was there and the crowd's cheering and I'm looking around and it's kind of disorienting. And what I'm doing is I, I see, I know that there are people in that crowd and some of the people that are there, they're like... They're like, for me. You know, they'd be thumbs up. They're like, hey, I hope Richard makes it. And there are some that were probably let him go down. Who cares? Others that were just there to be entertained, you know. Um, what they were, some were there just to see what would happen. Would I make it? Would I not make it? But I'll, whatever the case was, I knew, I had this feeling that I had to find people in the audience, in the crowd that could help me. That was my job. I needed to get the attention of some people and find some people that could somehow intervene in my weirdness and all the drama and help me turn the situation around. And if I could convince them that I was, you know, maybe not a bad guy or that I could somehow win them over, that that things would get better and that my situation could improve and that my depression could be lifted, and that there could be hope for me. And that's what I thought I needed to do. And so there I am in the arena looking at the crowd, trying to get some help. And it was at that moment in my dream that God spoke to me. Now, I know that sounds weird, but it's like I had a thought in my head in the dream, and it was like God said, listen, Richard, you're looking at the crowd. And you're looking at all the people in this arena and what you're hoping is that they will help you. 
that they can somehow undo what's been done or you can somehow convince them and win them over. But it's like God said, listen, whatever they think, whatever they do or don't do, whatever these people say or don't say, all the stuff, all the what-ifs, all the questions you have, all the desire you have to convince these people to be on your side, all of it, their opinions, their judgments, the conclusions they've come to about you and the predictions that they've made about your future, all of it is just crowd noise. That's all it is. And when God spoke that to me, suddenly it was like I had this amazing release in my heart of the stuff that had been bounding me up. Suddenly I got it. I realized I have a battle to fight. I have a mission. I've got to get engaged in this warfare, in this battle. I'm over here at the rail looking up in the crowd trying to get some support trying to get some help, trying to win people over. Meanwhile, i got an enemy over there that's wanting to cut me in half. You know what I'm saying? And it's like when God told me, it's all crowd noise, man. Something in me broke. And I got it. And I was like, wow. I'm finally ready. I'm finally ready to stop trying to convince people and trying to win people over. I'm finally ready to turn my back on the crowd and walk out towards my battle. That I'm not bound up by what do they think, what do they say, what can they do or won't they do. Now I can walk towards the real battle. And in my dream, that was the last scene of my dream. It was like the, the camera started panning out and me, as Maximus, walking out into the arena. And then I woke up. And that was the end of the dream. And I'm telling you, as soon as I woke up, I could tell. I knew the depression was gone. I was free of that. And you know what? And I didn't, I wasn't trying. It was just my first conscious thought was as soon as I woke up, I go, I'm smiling. I mean, I literally woke up with a smile on my face. And just a few hours earlier, I had fallen asleep with weights. I mean, I was so cast down, I couldn't even move. But God broke through. And he got a message to me. And it changed everything and do you know what else is cool when I woke up the sleep timer had already gone off on the radio you know what I was doing our God is greater our God I'm singing Chris Tomlin poorly but I was singing him I'm whistling and if our God is for us see God flipped it and now I was like if God is for me who cares what's against me who cares what might the how the deck might be stacked against me? Because all I know now is that I have a battle to fight 
and it's not in the stands. It's not in the hearts and minds of the people watching me do my thing. The battle I have to fight is in the arena. Now, the reason I share this with you is so that I could explain to you how profoundly distracted I was and how that led me to the brink of, it's scary to think, but who knows what. I was so depressed and I had so much despair, I had no hope. But that distraction had caused me to not believe that our God was greater and that he's stronger and that he can heal me. So I bring that, I tell the whole story so that I could ask you a question. Have you ever been distracted like that? And maybe, maybe are you distracted like that right now? I mean, I don't know what's going on in your life or whatever, but I'm just saying, most of us come in here with at least a few big question marks going on in our lives. At the very least, we don't know how certain things are going to play out. And some of us come in here today, and man, we got major drama taking place. And we think too often that there are a lot of solutions that we need to work and scrape together and there's a lot of negotiating we need to do and a lot of people we need to win over and we need to control and, and, and make things happen. And there's going to come a time where our, our abilities to make things happen, to fix our drama, our ability is going to run out. And when that happens, are we going to be able to just let go and walk in to the battle that God has for us? So that's, why, that's kind of the point. What would be the things that are distracting you and I from just simply fighting the battles that God has laid out for us? What would be those distractions? And I would ask you could, you, could you maybe see yourself laying those down today and just walking out into the arena with the confidence that comes from knowing that if our God is with us, who can stand against us. So I want to talk about the idea of our battles. And we're, just going to, we're not going to go long today, just have a few thoughts to share with you. So what would it look like if we were able to focus and, and not be distracted? First point I would like to make is uh, our battle is not against people. Our battle, the battles that God will direct us into are not against people. Which is weird because most of the drama in our lives has to do with people. And so we would naturally think, well, if, we, if that person could get their thing together, or if I could convince that person uh, of my way of seeing things, or if we could come to some kind of understanding, that would be the win. And perhaps that may be a part of it, but there is a spiritual truth that we find in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12, where the Apostle Paul writes, and he says that our fight is not against people on earth, but against rulers and authorities and powers of this world's darkness, against the spiritual powers of the heavenly world. It's kind of a, you know, supernatural science fiction kind of thought there, but what the, the, the truth he's trying to say is, is that 
behind every piece of drama in your life and behind every stressful situation in your life, it, it, there's more to it than just meets the eye. And there's a solution and a perspective that could help us if we see that there is a spiritual realm and some of the biggest stressors and, and, and pain in our life come from a design by the enemy of our souls to, to, to undercut us, to make us less effective, to make us to the point where we can't, not just that we maybe lose battles, that we just don't even walk out to the battles because we're so distracted by other stuff. And so, even though it, you would think, no, my problem is that person. <laughs> my problem is that group of people. Ultimately, your problem is that in the spiritual world, and in the spiritual realm, there are spiritual powers of darkness and wickedness that spend their time trying to build fortresses in and around your life to mess you up and to mess me up. And sometimes we play right into their hands and we don't even know it, but we end up at a certain point in our lives and we're just walled, we're like a walled city. You know, with all this, we're like a fortress where the truth of God has a real, it's, it, it, it's, it's tough for us to hear the truth of God and start getting freedom. So sometimes God has to knock you out and give you a dream based on a Russell Crowe movie. But these spiritual battles, uh, this, this spiritual reality is really critical for us to, to understand. There's a verse in uh, 1 Corinthians that says, uh, the weapons that we fight our spiritual battles with, they're not made by man. They're not man-made, hand-made battles. They're spirit, uh, uh, weapons. They're spiritual weapons. And here's the thing. In this spiritual battle, as humans, we have no hope of winning the battle unless we are armored and weaponized by the Holy Spirit to wage that spiritual kind of warfare. And so I'm going to ask you this week, we don't have time to do it today and talk about it during the message, but I'm going to ask you this week to, to spend some time reading, Ephes- write this down if you're taking notes or whatever, or put it in your phone, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. And what you'll find in there is this really cool thing that that verse we just read is part of that passage where Paul is, is likening the spiritual life and the spiritual battle to like putting on literal armor like the gladiators wore in the movie. Helmet, belt, breastplate, shoes, it's just the works, a shield, a sword. And the, the, the word of God and our faith are literally a sword and a shield to help us fight this spiritual battle. The trick is, is that for some of us, these spiritual forces have been, have been building these fortresses in and around our lives for years and years and years. And it would seem like, oh, there is no way for me to break out of some of this stuff. Some of these patterns and habits and beliefs, addictions. But that verse I told you that says our, 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 our weapons that God gives us are not man-made, but they're spiritual and they're strong and they can pull down the walls, the fortresses, the strongholds that have been built already. They can pull them down. There is hope. We can bust up in this spiritual battle. We've got to acknowledge it. We've got to stop being distracted. And we've got to walk out and do what we, we are intended to do.
my friend Joey, Joey Biddle, that we talked about a few minutes ago, used to sit right there every Sunday morning during the first service. He is the beautiful example of that. A man who for decades allowed these spiritual forces to build these strongholds in his life. And in the last year and a half or so, that guy stood up and said, I'm going to engage the battle now. And those walls started coming down. And he touched so many lives in that short amount of time because he was willing to walk out into that battle. His his wife, his children, his grandchildren will never be the same because of what he allowed God to do in his life. It can happen for us. It can happen for us if we'll stop being distracted, pick up the spiritual weapons at our disposal, and walk out into battle. I want to talk about the battle. I want to encourage you, let God define your battles. Let God define them. There's a a passage written in the Old Testament in the book of Psalms by David. Great character in the Old Testament. He was a warrior, poet, king of the nation of Israel. And he would write these songs. And so I want to let let you see how God can define our battles and prepare us for battles. Psalm 144, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. I love that verse. God is sitting ready today. I mean, he is on go, ready to help prepare you for the battle that you have. And so I encourage you, begin to talk to him on this. Ask him, Lord, I don't feel battle ready, but I need you to prepare me. And I encourage you, ask God, what are my battles? Really, the coolest thing that came out of that gladiator dream I had is that a little bit later on the day of Father's Day 2010, God showed me that it wasn't just... He didn't just tell me, stop being distracted. He showed me what my my battles were. He said, I've got three things I want you to focus on, Richard. And I just want to give you an example just from my life of how this looked could be totally different for you. Maybe it's just one thing. Maybe it's a list of five to ten things. But the Lord gave me three things that would be my, my battle in the arena that I was walking out to. He said, first, Richard, it's your relationship with me. It's, it's for you to be passionate about, about drawing close to me and to, de- to, to be willing to defend the closeness we have against any forces that would try to pull, pull me apart from the things of God. And that helped me in my recovery. It helped me in, my, in, 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 in beating depression at, at various cycles that I've been through in, in the years since. My relationship with God is my primary battle. Second thing he said... As he said, your, your second battle is to be the very best daddy that you possibly can to those three children. And in that moment, I was, that was the whole stress of the situation. How in the world am I going to be a good dad under the circumstances that are about to play out? I thought that it was impossible. The deck was stacked too high. But God just said, Focus on that. Focus on your relationship with me and focus on just being the best dad you can to your kids. 
And the third thing he told me, and it just dropped into my heart and my mind as a thought, and I knew it was from God. And he said, wherever you are for the rest of your life, whatever city you live in, wherever you go, however long you're there, you find a church and you commit to that church and you serve the heck out of that church. You do anything you can to bless and serve God's people. And so those three things became my battle. And if I got stressed or freaked out about something that didn't fall in those three categories, I was like, it's not my battle. It's not my thing. I'm not going to be callous and I'm not going to say, oh, I don't care. But I'm going to say, those aren't the, these are the three priorities. And I just want to tell you, every, that's five years ago, right, that this happened. Every good thing that has happened in my life in the last five years is because of those three decisions. So I'm really pumped at the potential that we would have as a group for all of us to say, God, if you'll define my battles, I will decide to walk towards that and not get distracted by everything else. The last thing I want to share about this idea of let's engage the spiritual battle. I mean, we talked about that our battle's not against people. It's a real spiritually based thing. And that God can define for us what our battles are. And I'll just say it one more time before I move on. Ask him today, what's my battle, Lord? What are they? What are the priorities? Make that list. Write it down somewhere. Share it with a trusted friend or a few. But you get on task, I'm telling you, it'll change everything for you. The potential of what God could do is amazing. But the last thing I want to share, and I'd actually like to invite, if I could, to invite the band to join me again because we're getting ready to wrap up. The band can come up and join me. Is to me, the coolest thing I learned through this whole experience about you know, being so depressed and then this strange dream happening and how God just literally broke chains off of me that were tying me down. You know what the coolest thing of it all is? Is it reminded me that He is with us. He is with us. I mean, the fact that I was at my lowest point up till now. I mean, I know I'm going to have a lot, lo- more, many, many more low points in my life. And that's just, it cycles through. But in that moment, in the darkest time ever, he came to me and he helped me. I couldn't even call out in prayer for him. The only thing I could say out loud was insulting him. And even though he just plowed right through all of that stuff, And he came to me. And I want you to know, he's here with us today. He's with you. In the darkest, scariest, biggest question mark times of your life. He will come to you. And he will speak to you. One word, one encounter with him can change everything. And he'll remind you that even though we forgot, and even though we had it backwards, he'll remind us of the real truth. He is greater. He is stronger. He is above all of it. He is able to heal us from the things that have messed us up so badly.
And His power is awesome. He'll come to us today and He'll remind us of that. And I kind of think that was the whole point of this is why we're doing this today. And so I thought that it would be a good idea for us to end this little teaching message by revisiting that song that we sang earlier that God used to change everything that one day for me. And maybe He can change everything for you. Would you mind standing with us? And let's just respond to the Lord and say, Lord, I do know you are with me. You're my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? If the Lord is with me, anything is possible. Stephen. Lord, we ask you today as we wrap this up, we're just asking you straight up, Lord, can you help us? Can you help us, Lord? Can you just cut through the crowd noise? Can you cut through all the noise that made us forget how big and how strong and how great you really are? And can you come to us right now? Can you lift the chains off of us and tell us there's hope? And can you set us right in our focus? Show us our battles, Lord. Show us what's next. Show us what's our next focus. And, if, and we believe that if you are with us, anything's possible. I pray right now, Lord, for those who may be here that, that really need you and they're in a dark night of their own soul. I'm asking you, meet them. Speak. Speak loudly. Cut through the noise. And for those, Lord, who've never truly even begun a faith life with you, some who may say, today is the day I want to make Jesus the leader and forgiver of my life. Lord, meet them right now. Respond to their heart's prayer right now. Change everything today, Lord. And build from here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good, isn't he? He is great and powerful. And he is good.